0: Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships that Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity Do the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book Guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions. And you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site, and if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting get happy all one word to 66866. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say hey, you can contact us at our website, blacktherapistpodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you, a mental health provider, in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Okay, so um, I hope you guys are being safe and I hope you guys are well. I definitely want to send my condolences to any of my listeners who are either positive from the coronavirus or impacted in a negative way by the virus. This thing has been devastating New York City. As you know, I am a very proud Brooklynite and um we've been going through it here. And it's so strange because I have friends who are in other states, particularly states that have Republican governors. And this is not about I I don't want to make this about politics, but it seems like the the county and um, statewide government instructions that each of us are living under is just, it's, I don't really know how we're gonna, this thing is gonna end. I think I I probably said this more than enough times. I know I've said it more than enough times in therapy, more than enough times with my friends, that the scriptures that I've been leaning on these days have been lean not on your own understanding. And it doesn't matter to me whether or not you are religious or spiritual. Even though I'm recording this show on Easter or Resurrection Sunday, I, I, I do find comfort in that scripture for me because I don't feel like I always have to understand stuff. And it's so funny because my mother my mother reminded me of that the other day I was getting frustrated about some of the things that I had been seeing on the news and some of the things that I had been seeing on um, social media regarding just conflicting reports and black people having feelings about certain things. And we'll get into that. And And I was like, I just don't understand why people are so upset about this one particular issue. And my mother was like, well, I don't need to understand how anybody else feels about anything. I just need to do what I need to do. And I was like, dang, you know, what a way to redirect. Like sometimes you don't need to understand anybody else's perspectives. I, I, I went to bed on Saturday after seeing clients, after watching the news, after seeing my timeline filled with sickness and death and speaking to friends of mine who are still going outside and still living their lives and still doing whatever they want to do and not taking this as seriously as they, they can. And I'm just like, damn, I'm not even sure what to do anymore. You know, my instinct as a, a therapist, like I told you guys, my ego defense, my defense mechanisms is that I intellectualize. So in intellectualizing, I'm like, well, you know, Nikita, everybody has the the right to choose their own decisions and choose their own destinies and whatever the consequences of those decisions are is on them. But this is not that kind of thing, right? This is This is not the kind of thing where selfishness is a one-person act, right? Because one person can go outside and be symptomatic or asymptomatic and get... A thousand people sick, a hundred people sick, ten, 10, people sick, and those people can get more people sick. So it's just, it's just like, it, I don't really have no patience for you, your autonomy right now, but at the same token, it's just like, I have to allow the people to make their own choices and their decisions and then do whatever I need to do to make my household safe so i've been super hyper vigilant about doing what i need to do to keep my my household safe this week i got um groceries delivered from instacart shout out to instacart damn this is not sponsored i paid for my (laughs) grocery delivery and it's so weird because whenever I'm shopping at stores like Aldi's and um, BJ's or wherever else I'm, I'm shopping key food and I'm seeing the, the young people, Instacarters go out there and, and shop. I'm like, damn, I really don't want them picking up my groceries. Like I like to look at the expiration dates on my stuff. But I really want to be healthy for these few weeks. I really want to do what I need to do. So I'm gonna stay my behind in the house, and so I got my groceries delivered, and it was an interesting experience. I I hope to not have to do it again unless I'm really truly, um, busy in life. I I think I'll just I no I don't think I know I like the the going to the different stores for different things and like food shopping for me is a routine. I know what to buy from where. And how to do it. And I, I schedule my work day according to what, what side of what grocery stores I'm going to. Like it's a whole thing from like a ritual. And so I really want to get back to my own rituals. And I'm looking forward forward to that. So um, I want to get into a few things. I got a few DMs. And yes, I answer my DMs. If you ask me questions, it's me. Um... And so I want to answer these questions before I get into what I wanted to talk about today. So this one is from Nene. Hey, Nene. Uh, But it says, Hi, Nikita. I hope you're staying safe during this time. I'm a 24-year-old and love listening to your podcast. Thank you. I love your support. Um, I started listening at the beginning of this year and you've helped me more than I could ask for, not only with my personal relationships, but also in the work of. Oh, in the workplace. I'm tired, y'all. One of my goals this year is to be more in tune with myself, trying not to seek validation. But I've noticed a switch. First of all, Nikita, why did you screen shoot it and then only screenshot half of it? Okay. Sorry. Trying... Let me just read it over. Hi, Nikita. I hope you're, you're staying safe during this time. I'm a 24-year-old and love listening to your podcast. I started listening at the beginning of the year, and you've helped me more than I could ask for, not only with my personal relationships, but also in the workplace. One of my goals this year is to be more in tune with myself, trying not to seek validation, but I've noticed a switch in how my close family slash friends treat me. I believe that in their eyes, I am not a woman yet because of their expectations of what a woman really is. I work as a lash technician and hairstylist. I'm single with no kids. I think all around it's hard for a lot of women to take me seriously. All my close friends have children. All the women in my life are strong, independent, single, women with full-time, stable corporate jobs. I'm sending this sending you this message to ask if you could do a podcast dealing with people's expectations of you versus the path you chose for yourself thank you for everything that you do Nikita okay and then I just respond will definitely do but don't let that deter you from your purpose um expectations of you versus the path you chose for yourself. See here's the thing nobody else is qualified to walk your walk like we all have an assignment given to us by God Allah, the universe, whoever you believe in like we all have an an assignment that is burnished in our soul and it's something that we are supposed to do and we don't necessarily know what that assignment is but we know when we have that nagging calling in our lives that we have to do and we have to be true to and that we have to be authentic to and when we live a life that's not in alignment with that thing what ends up happening is that we suffer so you can't expect anybody else to see your path the only thing that you can do is is keep one foot in front of the other and keep your eye on the road like when we were in school and we were taking tests the teacher would tell us keep your eye on your own paper and that's that's not just because you may cheat off of somebody else. But that really is because you may go looking to them for the answers that you have within yourself and you may end up failing the test. So if not having children right now is not part of the vision that you have aligned for your future, wait. If being a lash technician and, what did you say? A hairstylist. Shout out to the, all the cosmetologists out there. I have gotten my cosmetology license when I was 17 years old. So I've had my, and I'm still licensed to this day. I pay for all of my credentials. I keep them. So um, that wasn't my path. Per se, but it's the reason that I'm sitting in my house on quarantine and my nails and my my hair and my toes are done right now. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to do the thing that you are doing right now because that thing may be the thing to lead you to your purpose. So you can't worry about what they what they want for your life because they're not going to they're not walking in your shoes. My only question to you is what is the shift? You said, I've noticed a switch in how my close friends treat me. What do you think sparked that change of why they are treating you differently now? Is it because they had babies or they made different choices? Because let me tell you something that I've noticed about people. Sometimes when you make choices that are in alignment with your vision for your future Some people will see that as a condemnation of them not living their own lives and their purpose. I'm going to say this again. Hopefully I remember exactly what I said. Sometimes when you are making choices and living a life within your purpose, people look at it as a condemnation of the choices that they are making that is not in alignment with the vision that... The Lord has for their own lives. And so when they see you doing things that seems radical or seems crazy, or seems like you're stepping out on faith, or seems like it, it's not gonna make any sense to them right now, or it's not the safe choice, or it's not the 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 bet that's a sure thing, right? Like working for the city or um I don't know. Being a municipal worker and I'm shout out to municipal workers like there's nothing wrong with that. But I remember when my son was going to college, people used to send me notices about about city tests. And I used to be like, OK, well, that's that's fine if he's going to be a city worker, if that's something that he chooses. But my son is a creative and that's not really where he wants to go with his with his life right now. So you know, there are people who just just do what they've seen done. When I graduated from from school, I wanted to be a a secretary because my mother was a secretary, and she's made a good life and a good living being a secretary. But I wasn't no secretary. That wasn't that wasn't for me. But it it seemed like. A stable, steady career, and now I'm an adult, and everybody is typing their own stuff because you know it's 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 not a the type of career currently that is in high demand, so I would have made the safe choice in choosing the path that my mother chose, and it would have not it would have been one that would have turned out to be obsolete. It's like people who worked in the Ford Motor Company factory because that's what their family did and it was a safe job and then you could buy a house and raise a family off of that in 1954. It's it's 2020. It's 2020. So that no longer is a safe bet. So sometimes you have to bet on yourself. Um... I'm going to be honest with you trying not to seek validation. That's something that that comes with maturity. We all seek validation in some sort of way. But it's something that comes with you understanding that the decisions that you are making right now are in alignment with what. Is the path that you are going to take to be successful in your future and even if you fail at them, learn the lessons that you need to learn so that you can make the corrections. Because everything that we do leads into the next thing, as long as we keep doing something. Okay? So I hope this answered your question. And, you know, I I, I just... Pray that you find the strength and the courage to continue to do the work that you need to do and allow your perfect circle to find you. Your family ain't going to get it. Your friends that you have right now ain't going to get it. My family don't get me. My friends didn't get me. And that's fine because I I chose my friends growing up by proximity. We lived on the same block. We went to the same schools. We... We hung around the same circles. That didn't mean that we had a lot in common outside of proximity, right? Just just that we were in the same areas and grew up together. Sometimes you have to grow out of that. so it just may may be that you're in your your season of growing. And that these people no longer fit in your life. And what I know for a fact is that God will move people out of your way who no longer fit in your story. And your family, God bless them, but they can't see the vision that you have for yourself and you can't expect them to. And you can't persecute them because they don't. I very rarely get my family support and that's okay with me. It's not okay. Some days, some days I want it, some days I cry, some days I'm like, damn, I wish my family supported me. But I have to also understand that they don't have the vision that I have for my life and they don't have the faith that I have about what I'm doing here. And I can't allow anybody else's feelings about what I know is right for me to 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 jeopardize my walk. Okay so I wish you much love and much success. I wish you were here right now so you could do my lashes. Lord knows I need them. <laughs> but you know keep going. Keep going. Keep going and and maybe your story is not the safe story. Maybe that's not that's not your story. Okay so I hope this answered your question and you know, a therapist can also help you navigate some some of the issues that you have, some of the the lack of clarity that you have on the on these issues. Um, I got another. OK, so another message. Do, 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 do. And this one is from Queen. Queen? I'm sorry. Queen, Q-U-I. Um, and it says, great day, Miss Banks. I ran across your podcast on how you became a therapist and I have questions. I've applied to graduate school for my MSW. Shout out to you for doing that. And currently still awaiting a decision. My question is how did I know, you know, I'm sorry, how did you know that field was for you while you waited or when you didn't get accepted the first time. Thank you. Okay, so I did not wait. I knew I knew I wanted to be a therapist. My therapist told me the quickest way for me to be a therapist was not to go get my PhD or my PsyD, which is what I thought I needed to get. When I say PsyD is a, psych- a doctorate in psychology, um, that was a six-year process in order for me to work and be pra- practicing according to him, I feel like he's old school. I think that that's an old school mentality. Now, if you are a psychologist and you're listening to me, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think now you could either practice independently or like under somebody with a master's in psychology. I don't care enough to look it up on, on the Google, but, um, I may be, I may still be wrong because I remember being at NYU in the library and there was a a guy, a, a, a white gentleman who was a student and he asked me what was I studying because we were checking out the same book and I said I'm getting my master's in social work and he asked me what could you do with that? What could you do with that? And I said well I'm, Going to be a therapist in private practice. And he was very confused. He didn't understand why I was saying that. And I explained to him. That as it was explained to me. With my MSW. Which I got my master's degree in a year and a half. So college. I mean master's programs for social work. Or my master's program for social work. Is a four semester degree. So usually you go spring, fall, spring, fall. I went um, spring, fall, summer, and then I graduated that next semester. So I went completely straight and I didn't take the summer off. So I got a two year degree in a year and a half. I didn't take less classes. I just took them, you know a lot more condensed together and a lot more classes together because I wanted to get it done quick. After my year and a half, I was eligible to take my LMSW exam to become a licensed master social worker. And with that, in New York State, I was able to work under a social worker or psychologist or psychiatrist in order to gain hours to, to get my independent Study so technically, right? If I had gotten my side D, it would have been my psychology degree. It would have been six years before I would have been able to practice independently, or with, or even with somebody. I think I may be wrong, but I think I, I, before I would have been able to practice, I would have had to and got getting gotten paid to practice. I would have had to go to school at least for three years and then done some practicum hours and then gotten licensed and then I could do independent practice as a psychologist. But the way that I did it, I was able to start working underneath somebody in a year and a half once I graduated and became licensed. And then because I'm licensed in New York and New Jersey... In three and a half years, right? So that year and a half plus another two years, I was able to go into independent practice. And in New York, in four and, four and a half years, because a year and a half of school and three years of working with somebody, I was eligible for independent practice. So I got my license in, I graduated in 2012. Did I? I don't remember when I, I'm like, I don't remember when I graduated. My degree is right on the wall. And I still can't see the year. I think I graduated in 2013. Um, Yeah, in 2013, I got my LCSW, which allows me to practice independently in 2016. And here I am. So... I didn't, I'm not even sure if I answered your question. I didn't know that I wanted to get my, my MSW. I just knew I wanted the quickest way to be a therapist. And this was the option that was presented to me. So that was what I applied for. I applied for two schools, NYU and Hunter at the same time. So it wasn't like I was waiting for one to come through and then the other one. I wanted to go to Hunter was my first choice only because it was cheaper. But NYU came through and then they gave me a scholarship and then I went to school. So um, my suggestion to you is apply to more schools. You you can still currently await your decision, but just apply to more schools. I mean, I, I... I don't know what your financial situation is or your time constraints are or what it looks like. But if you want to go to school right, right now, I would apply for as many schools as I could possibly apply to that I can afford in this moment. See if you could get some to, some um, application fee waivers and apply to as many schools as you can. But if this is your dream and if this is what you want to do, just don't take no for an answer. Okay, I hope that I answered your question. Alright, so this weekend, everybody was up and arms about the Surgeon General's um, press conference. And I don't know the Surgeon General's name. Honestly, when I see him on TV, I don't even really pay him no attention. But he's, he's a black guy. Apparently, everybody is. Is um Googling his white wife. So basically what had happened was he was in a press conference with these people. Uh Surgeon General's name is Jerome Adams, MD MPH. And so what happened was is he sat up in the in a the White House briefing, and he was like, you know, stay home for your umbrella, stay home for your big mama, stay home for your pop-pop. Now, I don't know any black people that have ever called, I, like, I ain't never called my grandfather pop-pop, but I do know some people who call it granddaddy paw That's some real North Carolina stuff. Shout out to Statesville. So when I seen it and I did watch the 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 comments, I laughed. Right. But, you know, he was talking about the health disparities in how we as black people are dying. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm seeing black women die, mostly older women. Die who may have underlying health issues, but I'm seeing a lot of young black men dying. And I'm saying young black men, I mean, like 40 and up, twenty thirties, 30s, all across my timeline. And I, if you've listened to my shows last year where I've said numerous times how triggering this is to be in a world as a black woman unprotected without any men, you know that this is triggering for me. So I've literally had to like stop watching um, some of the things that I've been looking at online because, y'all, it, it's hurtful to me to continue to see our black men die because of poor health choices. So everybody was upset. Yamiche Alcindor, who I love, shout out to her from PBS. She's a journalist. She she got in his behind and she was like, "Listen, you know, you made a comment about black people using." Use, using drugs and smoking and needing to be healthier and. Um, well, you know, black people are upset with that and said it was offensive and what about that? But here's 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 the, here's the thing. We have to have a conversation about not telling our business or we have already have had conversations about not telling our business in. Mixed company, but it's, it's all they talked about on the news last week is why is black people dying? Why is black people dying? Why is black people dying? Black people are dying because of many different reasons. Yes, there's racism. And I'm not glossing over that institutionalized racism. There's community racism where we get to live at um, with with inner city problems. Pollution, where we work, the fact that we're more essential workers, poverty, we're probably taking the train, Um. um probably overcrowding. We're living in, in situations that are unhealthy for us. Some of that we cannot control. But as a therapist, right, I often work with my clients from a strengths perspective. I sympathized. And I still do. I sympathize with the Surgeon General because while it was painful to watch him say the things that he said on TV with the racist president present, right? It felt like he was blaming black people and, and our behavior for us getting sick when there were numerous reasons why we would be susceptible to getting COVID. But my problem with us and myself included, Is that sometimes we make habitual choices that are not keeping us safe. And when we don't take the power and we are not empowered to make choices that. Impact our health negatively when we are not blind to the history of this country and the fact that we normally are not cared for. Or cared about by this nation. Why aren't we trying to do better? If I was, no, I ain't no if, cause I am. I was gonna say if I was black if I'm child. I'm tired. Me being a black woman, who knows that my son has asthma. I've been in my house now for for five weeks. If you know anything about me, like I like being in the house now, but anybody who knew me previously would be like, no, I used to go outside and party from Sunday to Sunday. There was not a date or time that I didn't know where something was popping at and I would be there. So while I can't get up and do the things that I like to do, like go to the grocery store and run the streets and get pretty and go outside, like I got my house got nothing but clothes in it. And so. While I like to do those things, what really triggered me knowing the Tuskegee experiment, knowing the Henrietta Lacks story, knowing the disparity in care, when the reports came out of Italy, that they were, the doctors were deciding who Got to get ventilators based on if they thought they would have a good quality of life or longevity of life. I was like, oh, no, I gotta I, I gotta not I gotta not get this thing. Because if it's up to to a white doctor who is not culturally competent to decide whether or not I get to live. Or somebody. That looks like them get to live. I don't I don't I don't trust them to make the correct decision. I can't get sick. Like I can't get sick if I got to leave this up to somebody else who may not look like me to, to decide on the value of my existence in order to save my life. There's no way in fuck I was going to allow myself to get sick. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not going to get it because we don't seem to know how you get it or not get it. But I got eight masks on <laughs> when I go outside. I look like a plum fool going out there to walk my dog. I got hand sanitizer and bleach and everything. I'm spraying down everything. My son comes in the house. It's like I look like that lady on the news, Lysol and everything. I just I we can't get sick. Because I just don't trust that I'm going to I'm going to get a doctor who really, truly cares about me and my struggle and my my plight. And they may not know that I have a master's degree or that I went to good school, a good school or that I serve my community or that I'm a mental health advocate or that I'm a good mother or that I won awards or that whatever. He may just see the color of my skin and just be like, nah. I'm going to give this opportunity to somebody else. I can't allow it. Like we, we need to be vigilant about our safety. And we need to do every single thing in our power to make sure that this shit don't get us. It don't get us. It don't get our families. It don't come in our households. And so while I understand the outrage of why people were upset That the Surgeon General told all of our fitness out in front of them white folk. I also understand that if I was in his position, I don't give a shit what room I was in. I I would only be speaking to us. If I was in any position of power and we were the ones on the line, I would be finding a way to speak to us. And I would be trying to find a way to make our issues in the forefront. And black people are so used to having to make something out of nothing and using survival as part of our story. Sometimes we forget to be proactive. And this is a time that our survival skills need to kick in. But this is also a time where we need to be premeditated about our health and the things that we can control. With that said, I'm still in this house stress eating. My exercise bike has clothes on it like it's like it's it's a clothesline. I'm probably going to have to dust that off. But I've been making better food choices with what I've been eating since I've been in the house and I've been doing things that I need to, to do. To take my vitamins and try to remain as healthy as I possibly can. I just, I cannot afford for a culturally competent, a culturally incompetent doctor to decide whether or not I I get to live. It's me versus somebody else because there are not enough ventilators or there's not enough albuterol or there's not enough treatments well, for me to go outside and have somebody tell me, oh, go back home. I'm going to eight other hospitals. I'm not, I'm not taking no for an answer if I'm sick. I'm going to let them arrest me, something. Like, we have to start being proactive about our health. And the stories that I'm hearing, it's, it's scary, but it's frustrating. Because some of us are just giving up too easily. And I'm not blaming the victim at all. I understand what it's like to be frustrated and get discouraged and be turned away. But it's life or death out here. And too many of us are dying. And it's us. The same one of us that joked about this and called it the Rona. Me, I was calling it Walona. That's me. That's us. But I was also cleaning my house like I was a nut. And washing my hands eight times a day. And making masks for my family. Like, I, I need you guys to be safe and to be proactive out there. Not just if you have an uh, underlying condition. You may be a- asymptomatic. You stay in your home. Stop mixing and mingling with, with old people if you don't have to. Do what you need to do to keep yourself safe because we got to be in it to fight this fight. We got to be present in order to really do the things that we need to do to succeed as a people. And we hurting right now. We, We are really hurting and we all need a healing. And so. I hope you guys are being safe. I hope that your families are all well. I hope that we learn lessons that we need to learn from this. I hope that we are taking away the takeaways that we need to take away. I hope that we are slowing down and being present. And, and being as active as we possibly can in this moment. And resting whenever we need to. Without guilt. And I really want us to. Be kind to ourselves. I'm going to keep saying it every week. Because I need you to be kind to yourself. This is a time of transition. This is a time of resurrection. This is a time for us to. Be. Investing and harvesting. And so. I, I really hope that. We all emerge better, stronger, wiser, and changed for the better by this situation. But, you know, we really, truly, things are going to be different when, when this is over. It, you guys, be, be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook, or you can follow your host, me, Miss. M-S-N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram and Twitter as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita N-I-K-I-T-A Banks.com and on the show's website BlackTherapistPodcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at BlackTherapistPodcast at gmail.com thank you be well